Now that's living right there, isn't it? That's living. Of course, the Lions were in the Super Bowl, so there we go. I want to appreciate so much that they actually wrote that into the script. That may be the closest I ever get to experiencing that. But here's the whole point, you guys. When you're living life where you're trying to do it all, and so many of us do that. And, and I love how he started off and he says, I can do this, right? I've got this. I've got this. And we have all these things that are competing for our devotion, for our time, for our affection, for our love. We have all this stuff going on. And the, my question to us this morning is, why? Why, why do we live like this? Because in, the, in reality, that's a very uh, exorbitant, dramatic presentation. But in reality, all of us have stuff in our life that is competing for our hearts and our devotion and our life. We have so much competition in our lives. So one of the things I love to do is I love, uh, I love my kids and I love that I get to coach uh, their teams. And so I'm coaching Ashlyn, my mid- middle daughter, uh, basketball, third and fourth grade girls. And we're undefeated. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, or at least we were until this week. And so, and it's actually been really fun. I mean, they're, they're, they've, they've improved a ton, and we've actually had games where we're winning like 24 to nothing, and so you have to actually come in and you don't play defense against the other team. But then this week, we actually ran into some competition, and, which we haven't really had. And, and the whole team was good, and our girls were praying, playing really hard, but even though the, the fact that the, the other team was good, there was one little girl, number five, and number five was completely destroying us. You guys ever seen Little League like stuff like that where there's one kid who's just better than... And, and, and so this number five, I mean, I could tell in the first two minutes of the game, it's like she was stealing the ball constantly, digging all this kind of... So I went over to all the little girls on the sideline. I said, okay, you guys, listen, I want you to do what we're doing. You've got to get the rebounds. You have to do everything. But there's one thing you got to do. Stay away from number five. <laughs> and I go, now listen, if number five gets close to you, grab the ball and hold it. Because she's stealing the ball or pass it quick. you got to do whatever you can do to, to get away from number five. Now, I warned them about the whole team, and I told them everything else they were supposed to do. But there was one person out there that was taking the game down, and we lost because of number five. I wish we played him again, but we won't. So here's, here's where we're going with this today, you guys. We're in this series called How to Be Rich. All right? And what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is that here in America, most of us have stuff. In some way, when we talk about the whole rest of the world, if you make $45,000 again, you're in the top 1% of the world. So when, when I even mention this idea about being rich, again, most of us in America don't think we are. But if you have stuff, then you're free to do whatever you want to do. But we're not just talking about how to be financially rich. We're talking about this beautiful, deep, awesome reality that God says, I can make you spiritually rich. You can actually have financial riches and be free to do what you want, but I can give you a spiritual richness in the deepest part of your being that will help you to handle these financial riches. And when God puts his spiritual richness into us, then we actually start to be, I didn't say this the other, you actually start to be human. You actually start to be what you and I were designed to be. You start to be contributors to society. You start to be people who stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about others. You're free to love. 
You're free to actually make an impact in the world. You're you're free to make a difference. And and God is saying, so here's the deal. You're spiritually rich as well as financially rich. And so we've been saying, we've got to figure out how to do that. So last week we talked about, well, the first thing it is, you've got to be wise. You've got to figure out. You've got to make sure that you don't take these spiritual riches and put your hope in them. But today what I want to talk to you about is if you're rich at all, financially and spiritually, you've got to be really, really careful. Today's message is, guys, as we look into God's Word, it is so amazing. And the reason I gave the illustration of my girls' basketball team is that there is a number five out there. (laughs) She's out there. And she wants to completely compete. Here's what's interesting. There is a competition in for your very soul. There's a competition for your heart and your devotion. And this competitor is doing everything it can to keep you from winning at your game of life. And the competition, they will try to stop you. It'll steal from you. It will leave you empty. And it will ultimately, if it can, actually destroy you. And what's crazy is when you read the Bible, God's commitment, His desire for every single one of us is He said, I made you to be in a relationship with me. And when this connection happens, you live. And so he provides us different cautions. He says in many places, be careful. But the caution I'm going to talk to you about today, if there are, if for every caution that's in the Bible, the one that I'm going to talk about today, he mentions 10 times. It's just like with my girls. Okay, I know there's a team out there. Look out for number five. That's our competition. Today, we're going to look at what our competition is for our heart and our soul and what keeps us from really thriving as rich people. All right? So, man, let's pray, and let's ask God to come in and help us to be careful. Lord, um, love the fact that you want us to live. Love the fact that you want to set us free from ourselves. Love the fact that every person in this room you've created to be people who make an impact, people who bring you honor by the way we live, people who actually bless others with what you've given, people who are free from their own selves and are full of joy and peace. So, God... I'm just going to ask today as we go through this right now that you'd help us to know how we need to be careful that we would be aware of the competition that's out there for our soul. And we ask you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, if you guys have your notes or whatever, if you have a pen, I'm going to just bust through really quickly four things today and, um, and then and kind of bring a conclusion at the end of how we can help this. But there's four things that the Scriptures, Jesus especially, just as your coach, that's what I feel like Jesus is. Lots of times I see him as that. I see him as someone who says, man, Nelson, I want you to be everything you can be. So I'm going to help you. Be careful. Here's the first one. There's a caution that there's a fork ahead. The first caution that he gives us is that there's a fork ahead. Now, if you're driving down the road, right, and let's say you're coming up a hill and you see a yellow triangle sign and you see the fork in the road sign, caution, fork in the head, if there's a fork ahead, you know that you're going to have to what, do what? You're going to have to decide. So you've been cranking on one path, but right over this hill, you're going to have to make a decision. And here's what's true. If you're rich today, you have to make a decision. There is a fork in your road because you have finances. All right? Look at Here's what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's our decision. 
And Jesus says, I got to tell you, you got to be careful. You need to know you are going to make a decision. In fact, you guys, that's all you do. It's all I do every day. (laughs) Every day you and I make decisions. And the decisions that we make really do have ramifications, especially for those who are tightest to us, our family, our community that we live in, our friendships. But the truth is, every decision that we make at this level reverberates even into the world. Even into the world. And so when we get to this place, you understand I'm financially rich, which means I'm free to do what I want, but I'm also spiritually rich. So I'm free to do whatever God wants me to do. And here's what this passage tells us. If you're rich, you do have stiff competition now for your soul. You are going to face a a, a fork in the road. And the lure of this way over here to actually love money, you know, instead of loving God, It's like one of the greatest competitions. And the Bible talks more about this than any other issue in the Scriptures because it knows money is number five. Money is the one who comes in and steals and robs and quicker and grabs our devotion more than anything else. So if you're rich, you need to be really careful. You need to to know this caution. There will now be a fork in your road that's going to determine how you're going to live your life. And here's what's crazy. When you get to that fork in that road, if you decide in that moment, you know what? Um, God is going... uh, Go ahead and keep the verse up there if you can. If if, if you're at the fork of the road, and you know what? I'm going to actually let God be my master. I'm going to let God be in His kingdom where He gets to call the, the shots. Here's what's so cool. You say, you know what, God? I want to do what you want me to do. If you go down that fork, you know what money becomes? Money becomes a tool in the hands of God. And it's a beautiful thing, you guys. Every resource that He's given you, He's made you rich. And here's the point. It's never that being rich is evil. It's not like every rich person's bad and every poor person's good. We all know that's not what this is all about. Here's the beautiful thing. If you are financially rich and you hit the fork in the road and you say, you know what, I'm not going to let money master me, I'm going to let God master me. Then money becomes a tool in the hands of God. And He can take everything that He's given you and He can use it to help impact this world that so badly needs His love. Now, on the flip side, if you get to that fork in the road and instead, when you're making your decisions and the bottom line decision maker for you is is, is finances, your financial richness, then you're making decisions that are simply saying, now I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And here's the craziest thing. If you choose this path, you know what God becomes? God becomes a tool for you. And you think that you can actually use God to help make your life what you want it to be. It's the craziest thing. If God's your master, money becomes a tool and He uses it. If money's your master, then God starts to become a tool. And you think that you can actually use him for your own purposes. So here's the point. It's, just, it's one of the craziest things because we can often think, man, God has blessed me with riches. Okay, awesome. You know what he gave you? He gave you number five. He just gave you stiff competition for your soul. And you just need to know, man, I've got a fork, in the re- I've, I've got a fork ahead. So if you're rich, here's the danger. You have to be careful because you can actually get to the point when you have money that you, where you could have another God. 
And money can be that. All right? That's your first caution. Here's your second caution. There's a dead end ahead. So Jesus says, here's the deal. If you're rich, be careful because there's a dead end ahead. Mark chapter 10. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now again, what does that mean? How hard it is for the rich to enter into a state of being where I let God call the shots in my life. The kingdom of God is where God reigns, where his ways, we follow his ways. And so Jesus says, I just got to tell you, man, if you're rich, it is so hard for the rich to enter into that type of relationship with God. So the disciples were amazed at his words. And Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, basically what God is saying is, what Jesus is saying is this. I don't know about you, but you can't get a camel through the eye of a needle. You all know that? It ain't going to happen. Now, if you guys, if some of you have maybe studied more and people will try to figure out what's he really mean. And, and so they, they, some people have said, well, there's these gates in the, in the walls of, of uh, Jerusalem. And some of them are really narrow and they called them the eye of a needle. And so when a camel came, it was really hard for the camel to get through that gate. And here's the point. No, what, what Jesus is saying here is a camel can't get through the eye of a needle. And if you're rich, it's easier for a camel to do that than it is for you to be able to say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Now, this is, this is a crazy teaching. But this is what Jesus tells us. Now, again, it doesn't mean that if you're rich, you're bad. And if you're poor, you're good. See, you know what the message of the Bible is? We're all radically messed up. <laughs> Every single one of you. You guys all know that? You are messed up. And that's what we, we've said from day one. K2, the church, is for the messed up people. It's for the people who know that they are. Here's, where, here's why money makes it so hard to get into the kingdom of God. Is when you have riches, you can actually get to the point where you don't even think you need God. See, money, having riches, it's, it's, money has a particular power that can actually blind us to think that we even need God. If you have money, you can cover up your flaws by looking good, right? You can, you can cover yourself with a nice clothes. You can, you can make yourself up. You can buy nice things and, and have a nice house. And all of that can cover up the angst and the anxiety and the emptiness and, and the selfishness and the greed. You know what I'm saying? So, but if you have money, it's like, but I'm doing okay, right? If you have money, you can also satisfy this insatiable need for pleasure and to feel good which all of us have. If you're a human being, you desire that. And if you have money, now you can satisfy that need. If you have money, then you can give yourself a sense of value as well. It's like, I can, we live in America, man. If you live a certain place or drive a certain car or, or live in a certain house or have these certain things, or, or if you have a certain job title, you have prestige. Do you guys see how this works? So all of a sudden, if you have riches, what Jesus says is, Riches have a power to blind you to the fact that you have any need at all. You can actually start to think that you're okay. And so he says, can I just tell you, man, you got to be really careful. Caution. There's a dead end ahead. If you're trying to get into the way of God and you have riches, you might totally miss it. Be careful if you're rich. 
because it it could make you think that you don't need God. Here's the third one. Caution, unfulfillment ahead. Caution, there's unfulfillment ahead. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Jesus says, The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. So, we've talked about this, I even mentioned it last week, that every time God's word comes, it's like a seed, and it falls on a heart. And in this parable, he says sometimes the seed, the, the, the heart is like a hard path, and so the seed never even penetrates. He says sometimes your heart is rocky, which means it's very shallow, so you receive it and you get excited about it, but as soon as life gets hard, you, you, you bow on it. Here's what's so interesting, you guys, about this, this verse right here. That when there's, an, in the, the thorny soil, is there's nothing wrong with the soil. Stuff's growing. Stuff's growing. The problem isn't the soil. The problem is there's competition in the soil. So that word, when it says it gets crowded, it gets choked by life's worries, that choked, that word means to enter in. So you can kind of picture your airway right here, right? And something enters in. It moves in. It crowds things out. And that's what he's saying. You guys, if you're rich, here's what I know. Here's what the Bible's saying. And you know this too. If you're rich, you have so many other possibilities. You have so many other interests. You have so many other things that demand your attention and your time. Can I just ask you? Like when you ask somebody today, it happened to me again this morning, right? You go, hey man, good to see you. How you doing? How do, people, how do many people respond to that? I'm what? Okay, you just said 14 things. That's good. <laughs> well, here, here's one. I, I used to say this all the time. My immediate reaction is, man, I'm busy. How many people respond with, I'm busy? I'm busy. You know why you're busy? Because you're rich. There are so many things you can give your attention to and your time to. And so what he's saying, Jesus is saying, listen, and, and here's what I love about this one. If you're here today and you've actually heard his word, you, you're here today because I do want God. I do want to grow. And he said, okay, can, he says, can I just be really careful then? Because when you hear this word of mine about giving your life away, about being someone who loves other people more than yourself, about being sacrificial, about being free, he goes, what's going to happen is if you're rich, there are going to be all these worries of life and they're going to creep in, they're going to enter in, they're going to choke, they can choke out the very heart that you wish you had. And so look at what's, and what's the, uh, the result is you never become mature. I, for, I, I just think this may be the biggest one that is the Christians, a person who really wants to follow Christ. I think this may be one of the biggest struggles for us. Because we sit here today and if, you, if Jesus is inside of you, you guys, you want to make an impact. You want to be free. You wish you were living the way that God wanted you to live. But the point is, he says, if you're rich, you've got to be really careful because this stuff will choke that out and you'll never become who I want you to be because you're so busy taking care of everything else that this world says you should. And so we don't mature. Our love is limited. Our peace and our joy are circumstantial based on how everything's going around us. And our impact in the world is light. I just asked you guys today, man, if you're following Jesus, what kind of impact 
Are you making in the world? Pursuit of riches can lessen our impact. We have to be really careful if we're rich because here's what will happen. You'll want a little bit of God. I want, I, 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 okay, God, I know, but man, like, what you're asking of me is like ridiculous because I'm, I'm an American. <laughs> and I got a lot of stuff here. I got a lot of junk. He goes, I, I, I know. And so just be careful, you guys, to not want a little bit of God kind of sprinkled on your life so that it can help you live your life. What he came to do is radically turn you upside down and say, man, God, you can have all of me. Because that type of person will change the world. It's hard to do. It's hard to do when you're rich. Here's the last one. Caution. Destruction ahead. Isn't this an, isn't this an encouraging message, by the way? You guys enjoying this one? Like, you're all sitting there going, man, I'm really glad I came to church today. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, just a little bit of destruction, a little bit of loss, a little bit of, uh, you know. But here's the deal, you guys. As, as a coach, again, one of the things, I, I walked into this game, and in two minutes, I knew if we have any chance of winning at all. And you know what my girls want to do at the end of the game? Especially my daughter. I mean, she's so competitive. What's she want to do? Win. She wants to win. <laughs> and so do you. And I am so grateful that we have a God who understands our heart and who can warn us about number five, okay? So even though there's all these caution, 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 it's just, it's just what you do if you love somebody. You just want to help everybody be aware of what could be robbing you from living the life that you really want to live, okay? So I just want to throw that in there. But here's the last one. You have to be, have, there's a caution because there is destruction ahead. First Timothy 6, 9 and 10. People who want to get rich <clears throat> fall into temptation and are trapped and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and they've pierced, pierced themselves with many griefs. See, I, I, I look at this passage and, and, and all of us, who are sitting in this room. None of us want to plunge into ruin. None, none of us want to plunge into destruction. None of us want to pierce ourselves with many griefs. And so, but here's what God is saying. And again, He's not saying, notice this, very important always. He's not saying that money is the root of all evil. Is He? Make sure you think of that. He's not saying money is the problem. What's the problem? The love of money. And the love of money is what? A root. It's not the thing, but it is a root. If you get to the fork in the road and you have to make a decision and you go, you know what? I'm going to love money lower than I love God. He's like, okay, can I just warn you? Because what happens, you guys, as soon as you pursue the love of money, that is what allows you the freedom to do what? Whatever you want to do. And now you go down this path and without even meaning to, you didn't mean to do this, but the next thing you know is all you can think about is who? Yourself. See, the, so much of the ruin and destruction, we talked about it again last week, becomes when we get consumed with ourselves, and money has this power again to trap us into thinking that this is what will set you free and actually you become bound to it. And the next thing you know, man, you, the, the reason that money, again, is one of the top destroyers of marriage is because it causes you to think about yourself. And that wisdom last week was demonic. It's demonic. 
It is the cause of so much destruction. And so God just comes here and he says, can I just tell you, be careful because if you love this stuff more than you love me, if you follow this, you will love yourself. If you follow me, I will set you free from yourself. And your relationships will thrive. You won't lose peace when things don't go well. You won't lose your focus. You won't lose control. And and ultimately, he says, and I've seen this happen so many times. I have people in my mind right now who I know. When they got to the fork in the road, it's like, you know what? This God thing, following God, I don't know if that's going to really work for me. Money works for me. And he says, if you do that, you can actually wander away from the faith. And I, I, I just know this right now. For any of you in this room who've actually received Christ, if you, if, you, if you want God, you don't want to wander away from Him. You don't. You want to experience the joy and the peace and the love and the patience and the control that He has. You want to be somebody who blesses other people. You want to honor Him. And so He says, can I just tell you, be really careful if you're rich because you could get to the point where you don't even want God. So there you go. Aren't you glad you're rich? You have competition now. You've got something that is going to fight for your devotion, going to fight for your allegiance. It's going to fight for your affection. But here's the good news, all right? So here we go. Number, here's the last point. I'm going to put it like this. I want to say, throw caution to the wind. Throw caution to the wind. Now, I know this doesn't make sense, but let me explain to you what I'm talking about here, all right? Mark chapter 10, verse 26. The disciples, so this is right when he got done telling them that I'm telling you guys, listen, a camel cannot get through the eye of a needle. This is impossible. This is what his disciples said. They were so amazed and they said to each other, well, then who can be saved? See, because again, in this culture, they thought, man, if you had, if you had financial blessing, that meant that God was all over you saying, I love you. And now you're telling me that rich people can't get through the eye of a needle. And, the, and so the disciples said, then who can be saved? And look at this. Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. You guys ready for some good news? Here's the best news of all. God can make camels go through eyes of needles. That's good news. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're rich, the first part of this message wasn't a whole lot of good news. Caution, beware, be careful. And then he comes down to this thing and says, now here's the whole point. But if you let God into your life, you know what God can do? All of you in this room, if you have any resource at all, the most beautiful thing is God is saying, I can take your heart and I can change it. I can do something so supernatural. Obviously, naturally, a camel ain't getting through. That was good English. A camel cannot get through the eye of a needle. Supernaturally. God can take your heart and make you so spiritually rich that you will have His power over the power of financial richness. And that's when it gets good, you guys. That's when all of you who are free to do whatever you want get transformed by the power of God so that what you want to do is what He wants. And the best news in all the world is it's impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. He can get a camel through an eye of a needle. 
I use this verse on Christmas, but John chapter 3, Jesus said, I just want to tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. You, will, you can't follow God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. You guys, see, here's what I know as a parent. You know what I reproduce? I reproduce selfish kids. Anybody else? You know? And, and you know what I reproduce? Actually, you know what I reproduce? I reproduce kids who are what? They're just like me. Aren't your kids just like you? I mean, seriously, I look at them and I go, yeah, I trained them that way. That's me. See, here's the point. A human being always produces human beings who want stuff. And we have this bent called sin that says, I think more about me. That's all I'm going to reproduce. That's all you're going to reproduce. Praise God that he wants to birth in us through the Holy Spirit, spiritual life. And he's the only one who can do it. He can change our hearts and open them up to be free from us so we actually love God and love others more. And so when I say throw caution to the wind, here's what I mean by this. In the same passage, it says the, the Spirit of God that He gives us is like the wind. It's like the wind. And He says that you can be filled with the Spirit of God. You can be filled with love. You can be filled with freedom. You can be filled with contentment. You can be filled with a driving passion to want to bring justice and life and truth into this world. That's what he says. You you can be filled with my spirit. And you know how you do it, you guys? How do you get filled with the spirit? For years and years, I thought, well, it's like you, you pour water into a cup. You know, fill the cup. Actually, if the spirit's like wind, you know how you get filled with the spirit? You know how you be rich? Every time you stand at the fork in the road and you choose God instead of yourself, you just worshiped Him. In that moment, when you say no to yourself, you die to yourself. And that right there is the life of Jesus Christ. It's the one who says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live for me. So all day long, you're going to stand at these crossroads. Danger, fork ahead. You have a choice now because you got money. Every time you say no to yourself and you say yes to God, you know what you do? You do what we're going to sing here in just a minute. You say, I surrender. I surrender because I want to know you more. So Lord, have your way with me. Every time that you stand at the fork and you choose him instead, band, why don't you guys come out? Every time you do that, it's like you hoist your sail. See, the wind's blowing. The Spirit of God's moving all the time. And all He needs are people who when they stand at the fork, they say, I surrender. And just, band, come on up. Um, and, all, and, and every time you say, I surrender, you can put your, you know, okay, somebody puts a gun to your back. Oh, I surrender, right? Instead of this fearful thing, imagine that when you say, I surrender, you put up a sail. And the wind catches you and he starts to blow you and he gives you spiritual power that you never had. And the next thing you know, you start to want the things God wants. The next thing you know, there's a love inside of you for people more than for yourself. You guys, we're spiritually rich. We have a wind that will blow us into life like you've never dreamed the adventure 
with God is ours. He just needs people who are willing to hoist the sail and say, take me. Throw caution to the wind. Get rid of all this stuff and just say, take me, God. Have your way with me. And watch if he won't take your richness and not only change you, but change the world.